What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. How's it going? Going well, going well. We're back at it, recording again after the Labor Day week. It was Labor Day, right? Yeah, I think so. I never get those right. I always get Memorial Day and Labor Day confused. Yeah, same. And all they mean for me, respectively, is a three-day weekend on either side. There we go. Boom. <laughs> Play some video games, chill, relax, go visit some family. Exactly, exactly. It's a good time. But we're back again with a new episode for you all to enjoy this wonderful Tuesday Morning. Now, for those of you who are listening for the first time, this is Team Chat Podcast, a video game show where we talk about video games, obviously. The ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. Like I said, new episodes come out every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central Time. And you can find those across podcast services around the World Wide Web, as well as watch the video version on YouTube and Twitch. Now, I do have to give a quick little caveat here. We're figuring out some different things with Twitch because Twitch decided that they want they don't won't allow you to do premieres of videos. Until you've hit affiliate status. And we're not quite there yet at affiliate yeah. status. So until that time, i got to figure out a, a different workaround for the Twitch stuff. So they might not okay. be up right at 9 a.m. on Tuesday. Those might come out a little bit later because I'll have to actually like play the episode as a live stream to get it onto Twitch first. So I'll figure it out. I'll work it through. But So those might not be as readily available. But you can still watch either the episodes there or some gameplay videos and stuff that we put up too. So. Guacamelee! Guacamelee 2! That's all up there, which is actually... Little hint. There's what we're talking about today. You didn't have to spoil it, Jared. They wouldn't have known well, until I mean, we got to Technically, they would have minutes. because <laughs> I've always thought about that. I've actually thought about this, but one thing that I've thought about because we we put it up and sometimes we like to act, act like, oh, we're not going to tell you what the topic is. But they know what the topic is because they see it in the episode title yeah. when they pull it up on their phone. Exactly. They see it on YouTube, whatever. They see the, the, the cover image art that we make, that I make for it every time. So they, they know. They we know. should really start messing with people and do totally unrelated cover art Ooh, and titles and that titles don't make like, sense. Ooh, Nope, that's not what yeah. we're talking about today. Yeah, that's yeah, what no, that would be. Uh, we should that'd do be that pretty for funny. April Fool's Day. Ooh, that oh would be God. good. Well, now you told them all. Well, they're they're not going to remember this. That's true. In six September, months? April. Yeah, it's a, it's always. I don't know. I can't count. Anyways, they're definitely not going to remember. That's very true. Gamer brains, you know, that's no memory true. span. Uh, yeah, 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 I got that. I got that. But if you'd also like to follow us on social media, you can do that as well by finding us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also send us an email with either general feedback that you have, uh, questions, comments, whatever, gmail.com. You can also join our Discord server. And if you'd want to support the show because you really love what we're doing, you can head over to patreon.com slash podcast, where it's for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show and in return, give you a cool perk like getting the episodes early before the general Tuesday release and access to a private channel on our Discord specifically for our patrons, the Rogues Gallery. The Rogues Gallery. It's a fun place. Great conversation. Great fun. You should check it out. Discord, Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. But before we get on to our main topic, which is, as I said, Guacamelee 2, we are going to get a little bit of news in our moment with Mogan. So it's a weird Tuesday here on September 11th. Not a lot is actually coming out, but very soon on September 14th, we do have Nintendo Labo Vehicle Kit for the Switch oh, new thing is for that. coming out. Yes, so that'll be a new kit for the already existing Nintendo Labo. We also have NHL 19. Ooh, I so gather excited. that's a sports game uh, for PS4. I'm kidding. I know it's <laughs> it's hockey, right? Yeah, it's oh hockey. God! <laughs> <laughs> like, that's get, I know it's a sports game. It's hockey, I know right? It's, it's like no, it's basketball. <laughs> I'd be so mad. <laughs> Anyways, NHL 19 for PS4 and Xbox One, September 14th. Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Oh yeah! Again, I cannot believe that this is coming out so soon. I feel like it's just it feels too early. If, it does seem really quick from Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, although it I feels guess that's really been quick. two, three years because the first the first reboot was 2013. No, it was 2012, wasn't it? 
It might have been. It might have been 2012, and then 2013 is one of the definitive editions for PS4. And, and then 2014 was Rise, right? No, it no, had that would have been, been 15. Yeah, it had to be 15 It had to have been 15 or 16. Anyways, the point it is... It does seem still like we're getting a lot of... It just yeah. it feels too soon. So Shadow of the Tomb Raider for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. So they are not doing what they did with the previous games. It's not going to be a temporary Xbox exclusive. Thank God. Yeah, that was dumb. That was real dumb. Anyway, September it was, 14th. It was an Xbox exclusive for like a year. Yeah, it was. It was. Re- yeah, it sure was. It was dumb. Uh, and and then we have Black Clover Quartet Knights for mm. PS4 and PC September 14th. And then coming soon, Insurgency Sandstorm for PC September 18th. Undertale hits the Switch there on September 18th. Obviously, that's just a port from an existing game, but still. And Blind for PSVR and PC also September 18th. Very nice, very nice. Man, so I'd originally decided, speaking of like games that are coming out soon and all that, or at this point, games that are already out. So... My initial thoughts on the new Spider-Man game that were that have come that's come Splatter-Man? out. Spider-Man? S- Spider-Man. Oh, Sp- I thought you sorry, I misheard you. I thought you said Splatter-Man <laughs> no, 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 and I was like what is this? It's a, Spl- it's a Splatoon DLC. You <laughs> haven't played it yet. I was like that sounds like it might be. <laughs> but uh but so I have to say I originally was kind of like granted the game always looked great from all the trailers and everything that they showed off looked like it would be a lot of fun and I was like but I was like yeah, I'm not really feeling it though, especially cuz I'm going to have Assassin's Creed Odyssey coming out pretty soon. And then uh, Red Dead 2 at the end of next month. I was just like, I got some purchases coming up. I don't know if I really want to play this one right now. It might be one that I sleep on for a little bit. But, oh, man, it's out now. I'm seeing all the videos and, like, GIFs and stuff that people are putting up. And everything about it, i got to say. I'm, so the only I, thing I, I play it bad about that Jones game and, that I was interested in is the ability to do finger guns at random people <laughs> on the you street. Want say yeah, hello. I think that's pretty cool. But, again, <laughs> I like from a moral perspective, I stand, I stick to my guns. Spider-Man needs to go away. I am so Spider-Man now. That was part of my thing about it, too. Like, it's like we've had countless amount of, Spider-Man. of Spider-Man movies. We've had Spider-Man games in the past. But I will say, this one, and that was kind of my main thing, too. I was just like, I'm kind of tired of Spider-Man. But the game does, though, look like a lot of fun. I my buddy Michael's been playing care. it, and he's like, it's fun. I was like, damn it. I knew I'm it. sure it probably is fun. I just couldn't care less yeah. because it's Spider-Man. I'll get it at some point. I will I will get it. I, it's just not one that I was like, I don't want to do game day release of. They so, so that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is why... There's, this episode is not First Impressions of Spider-Man because <laughs> we just, neither of us, we've got some bigger things coming up later in the year that we want to save our money for. So also, remember, I'll never budget, play you know. the new Spider-Man game ever. There you go. It's on second Uncharted. my last hill battle stand. I will <laughs> the hill not I do die it. On. The hill I die on will be I will not play the new Spider-Man game. But speaking of new things, one other quick little side before we jump to Guacamelee 2 is I did play the Battlefield 5 beta ah, yes. this past weekend. Indeed. Now, did the presence of women just totally ruin it for you, I bro? Literally, Were you like, I can't stand it, there's women everywhere? I, I signed quit? on, I downloaded it, immediately saw the cover art, was a woman soldier. Instant rage. Instant rage. <laughs> I just, immediately was just like, well, this is going to suck. It's just an unplayable game. game. It, yeah, it's just going to be terrible. It's no, just going to be terrible. I saw, I, I, obviously we're all in jest. We're all we, kidding. We're totally I do give zero here fucks here that there are women podcast, soldiers in it. I think it's women. awesome. <laughs> but no, so this got very controversial very quick. Oh, recover. Huh, okay. <laughs> but, no, but obviously no, that played no bearing at all. No, it had no impact at all. I thought it was a very great addition. I mean, on at this point too, 
there wasn't a whole lot of it being because this is only multiplayer. It's just the beta. Yeah, it's just yeah. the beta. It's just the multiplayer. It's not like I'm playing the campaign and like interacting with uh, female characters in that way that are female soldiers and all that stuff that are in the actual campaign mode. Uh, but you know that. Again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. I, it matter. doesn't matter. It's awesome that that, that it's being inclusive in that way. Uh, and also for all the people saying that like oh, there weren't women in World War II, shut up. It's like just did, shut up. Do you there think obviously women were. were invented did they in just, the seventies? Did they just hide? <laughs> no, they were right out there helping out, fighting, doing everything. So and getting killed. Yeah, and so they deserve killed. to so, still be there. Exactly, they deserve to be in the video games. Damn it. But anyway, so I played this. Um, basically, I focused on the main mode that they had available, which was the conquest, which is the big one. If you remember, I don't remember if you played. Did you play anything in Battlefield One? I've never played a sing. I've never touched a Battlefield oh, okay. game. Ever. So they have this mode called conquest which basically is this massive you know 64 players you know to- and everything oh, in there it's kind of like their battle royale mode it's not really a battle royale mode because it's still divided into teams so okay. it's two teams of 32 oh it's just a really big it's just huge okay, it's just touch. massive and the game like the timer for the game is like 45 minutes wow it's, seriously it's long holy crap <laughs> So they had two I don't maps. have 45 minutes to spare. Who do they think we are? Honestly, that's, that's one thing. I'll get to that in a second. But like, so they had two maps on there, Rottendam, and then this one that was set in Russia is like snow, a snowy village and everything like that. Rottendam was like a, bit, a city map. Um, and it was this thing. I was playing it, and I'd seen a couple other people on Twitter talking about it, but really just for, but before I'd seen any of that and gotten into the, any of it, it was very it instantly felt like very much similar Battlefield in that you can die very quickly. It's very, like, you have to be very on the whole time. Like, you'll just get sniped from somebody way the hell far away because it feels like it takes, like, two bullets to kill you. And, but the thing is, though, because I played Battlefield 1, and this what you know, Battlefield 1 is World War 1. This is Battlefield 5, or Battlefield V for victory, is, is World War 2. And so I was, they have a lot of similar feel in that regard. There's not a whole lot different. But it also didn't feel near as, it felt very slow. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. It just felt very, like, Battlefield 1, it would have some slow parts, especially if you were playing in the Conquest map, which normally I didn't, just because, A, 45 minutes for a game mode is a really long time. That's a really long time, It's man. a very long time. And I, and I often found that, just like the drag, like, I would be playing, and maybe it's because the maps are so big, I felt like I still had a hard time finding people. I sent out a series of tweets. I don't know if you saw them. No. Okay, so I sent out a series <laughs> of tweets. I'm actually going to pull up these, <laughs> these tweets. These are going to act as my notes. This is okay. fine. Uh, because... And while you do that, I will just say that, like, from my perspective, the only online games where I've played where it took that long to do a single match, it's not even close. Like, the closest I've ever gotten is an overtime match in Overwatch, for example, which might go to a grand total of, like, 25 minutes. Right, but also... And even then, I still view that as being a long-ass game. Well, and two, and Overwatch has a lot of action happening in it. Yeah. This one, this is my big thing about it. So here's the first one I said. The Battlefield Five beta plays very rough, even for a beta. Rottenham map feels unfinished. Some textures look unrendered. Because, like, there would be certain... Granted, I know it's beta. Like, I, I know it's beta. But still, there would be some rooms in Rottenham that would just be, like, empty rooms. You'd run into it. There would just be nothing there. You'd be kind of, like, breaking, I guess, the glass to get in it. But then there sometimes would be glass, sometimes wouldn't be glass. I, I don't know. It just had a very... Like, I saw somebody playing it on Twitch first. And even then, them playing it, I was like... This doesn't look very good, but it, maybe it's just because I'm watching it on the stream. You no. know, there's late, latency, some like stuff like that. But then I got into it and I was still like, overall, yes, it's still very pretty, still looks very good. But there are specific elements like that. I just kept being like, this doesn't look finished yet. There on the, um, 
on the the winter map that they had, which the name of it is eluding me right now. The but there's snowy a, map. The we'll snowy map. There's snowy this pile map. of coal that you can climb up on. And I was climbing, and I was noticing. Granted, it's a pile of coal. I'm not expecting like pristine imagery here, but it looked like a very older, like rough texture. Uh, just like kind of like applied over it, oh. not like you know. Once you got up close, like to it. like they made a cone and then just applied texture. Yeah, it just kind of looked. It just didn't look polished. Basically, yeah. the, I mean, overall, like the gunplay of the cities. But that will say one thing: that it was almost so pretty, it was hard to see people. <laughs> and like I couldn't, there wasn't a big enough discernible difference to me in the uniform differences between allies and enemies. And in the time it takes me, the like milliseconds it takes me to register that's an enemy or not. They've already killed me. And is there friendly fire? Can you? No, there's not friendly oh, fire. Bummer. At least not in this setting. Oh, how I how would we were playing. love for there to be friendly fire. <laughs> uh, so I said. So unf- some textures look unfinished, and when you aren't killed by the wind of a passing bullet, it can take forever to actually find enemies because of map size, making for slow gameplay. Right. Which literally would happen. You get spawned on like the far end of the map. You have to. Come, I mean, you can choose spawn points based on either your your squad, or you can be- do it based on uh, like objective location. But still, you can spawn there run in and run around for forever, not find, like, literal, it felt like minutes, not find people, and then the first person you find kills you. Which then leads into the next thing that made this the, it feel slower is the new revive system they have. Which basically, you get shot, it takes a couple seconds as it, like, shows your body on the ground, but then the camera, like, zooms back into first person, the perspective, to show you revive, which gives you the option to, like, call for help. You hold down R2, you can call for help, or you can bleed out by holding down L2, you know, so if there's hopefully a teammate nearby who could come over and revive you and bring you up and put you right back in the action, nobody ever revived me. And I could never find people to revive. Yeah. You know, and so you wind up laying there for the 10 ish seconds it takes for you to then to bleed, bleed out, out and, and just respawn. Or, and respawn. But then you have to wait another like 10, 15, 10 seconds for the normal respawn counter. So you're, you die. Not only are you taking, is it taking what feels like minutes to walk around this map and, and, to, and run around and find people. You get shot in two seconds of finding somebody. Then you have to spend 20, what, 20, 25 seconds, whatever, laying on the ground waiting to revive. And then you come back and then that cycle just repeat for forever. I mean, that sounds like the same kind of annoyance and frustration and rage that I get during the Monster Hunter World uh, load screens. Oh, really? Where it's like, Why? Why is it taking it's just, this I, long? Like, I, get, I get the having the option because, yeah, if you are playing with a group who is really well-coordinated, you're all on mics, you're all talking to each other, be like, hey, I'm down, come get me, come pick me up, it would be a great feature other than having to wait automatically for you to respawn. But not having that option be skippable. Holding down L2 makes it faster, but not skippable. Yeah. If I'm playing, like I tried, I would like be like, hey, come revive me, holding down the button. Nobody would ever revive me. Probably because they couldn't find you. Or, or no, people would be like running over me. Oh. Like I would literally be in the midst of my teammates being like, hey, 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 hey. Nobody, no, nobody would come and get me. And I was just like, okay, this is dumb. So it just made it feel very, very slow. Overall, now, so that so what besides revive me or is the communication in game like? I mean, you like, can ask for you... you can ask for ammo. You can ask for healing. And if, is this on a ping wheel? How does this happen? Yeah, it does a pin, oh, okay. pinwheel. Uh, R one actually ran, which felt really au- an awkward like control scheme choice. Was yeah. like R one was where you would pick your thing. I don't huh. know, uh, but anyway. So I played that, and I played for a while. I played several matches, and just yeah, overall. It just felt slow. Granted, you know, it felt very much Battlefield-esque. And, like, there were tons of, uh, you know, like, 
you can blow up anything and destroy any building, which is a really cool thing and, and makes it feel like it. But I just didn't get the same feel. The Battlefield 1 felt more actiony, felt more frenetic. Uh, I saw one person on Twitter, they even commented how it didn't, it was quiet. And I was like, oh yeah. After I saw that and played it, I was like, oh yeah, it is really quiet. It's supposed to be a, more, a massive battlefield and it's very quiet. You're not, you're hearing other enemy fire, but there aren't just like random bomb explosion sounds going off. It just felt quiet. Again, that could be just beta. They just put out it out there to get you a little taste. But I was not impressed by the taste. And what's the release date for Battlefield? It got pushed to November now because it was coming out like right before or right after. Um, Red Dead. No one. Everyone's like, it's not gonna play. So it has like two months. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like beta should happen way earlier on. Yeah. That way they can suss out these kinds of problems and try and fix them with a bit more time to spend. Oh, and the other thing too is when you did die, it would then do like a kill, not a kill cam, but it would show you like a, a camera ba- on one of your squad members. It was so jerky. Really? Like just skipping, like, yeah. like skipping frame, like skipping movement, and just like I was like. This is t- like I'm getting a headache watching having to watch oh, this. It's, so just little things like that just felt. I just was. I legitimately was like. I've I've never enjoyed Battlefield as much as say Call of Duty. I've always felt liked the Call of Duty series better, but I have enjoyed what I've played of Battlefield. So I did really like Battlefield One. I thought how Battlefield One did its single player campaign with the war stories was really great. So it gave you these little tastes of the war from different uh, different theaters, and I liked the multiplayer. And that's what I said in my tweets too. I was just like, hopefully. They might release a team cheap, uh, team deathmatch mode later on that I could play with smaller maps, you know, more confined space and easier to get into the action quicker. And then it might be more fun. Yeah. Maybe it's just this conquest mode is not my cup of tea. I mean, I feel very much the same way. Those big, massive battle styles, that's not my cup of right. tea. Like, I, I, I either prefer to play primarily alone yeah. or in a smaller team, like four to six people max. I feel like once you get into the you've got 20 people on your team kind of thing, I, it just never really seems to work out for yeah, me. Yeah, agreed. Um, but I mean, the, of the other things, the gunplay was really fun. Uh, they did introduce a new mechanic into it where you don't have, you only really have like two magazines worth of ammo. And you have to either s- salvage it or scrounge for it from dead bodies or there are the like ammo pickups that you can pick up stuff from. Which I thought that was nice. It makes you really got to think about it, but you know, you can't just like run headlong and run into like a room of 20 people and then have enough ammo to like last forever. You know, you've got to, you've got to really kind of be careful. You can't just unload and be just spraying and praying basically. Can you punch if you run out of ammo? I mean, you do have like a melee attack with like a knife or something like that. Um, so all that stuff was there. I did like the gunplay. I did like the combat when I got to be into it and I still did get, there were a couple points where I got like a four or five kill streak, which felt really good when that happened. Um, Again, the destructible environments is nice. I like immediately, and I even tweeted and made it. But this really like, meme of the sales <laughs> slash Battlefield Five. This game could fit so many to fucking destructible environments in it. Uh, but because all that stuff is really cool to see. But it was just the main like the pacing of it felt so slow, yeah. and that just kind of really. And me I mean, off for an action-based online multiplayer game, that's the exact opposite of what you want people yeah. to feel like. Yep. That's very unfortunate. So, I mean, I hope that they might, maybe they'll release some later modes um, and everything later on to play, or maybe that's just what we're, what we're going to get. There were a couple other different modes that I didn't get as much time into, because I was, at the same time, as playing this trying to wrap up Guacamelee 2 for this episode, so I was like, I'm just going to play Conquest, which gives me the taste, gives me the thought of what I need to know about this game. So, uh, which one have you been having more fun with? Battlefield 5 or Guacamelee 2? Guacamelee 2. And here we go, talking about Guacamelee 2. So, I have been playing Guacamelee 2 since it came out mid-August. 
and uh, have been putting it together. So this was fun. This one took me a little bit longer. The game, in and of itself, I will say, it's a, you know, it's a independent game, platforming based game. So it's not you're not talking about like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours to beat it. It took me like almost eleven. Okay, so, so like about what like you would a expect. Long week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it took me a little bit longer to finish this and wrap this up to do do this review because I wanted to I wanted to do a uh, test with this one. And streamed the whole thing. That's right. And you so, did. And I did. I did. I streamed you. the whole Congratulations, thing. It was an interesting experience, I will say. I don't know if I am the type of person who can stream a full game like that or if I'm one really? who just like streams streams like I'm playing Fortnite right now. I'm playing Overwatch right now. Oh, it, I because gotcha. it felt very – it felt somewhat limiting to when I did, felt like I could play. Right. And sometimes I'm like, I want to play Guacamelee too. But, you know. I don't want to be in the middle of the living room, like streaming this and get to co- commentating and talking while like Sam's trying to do stuff yeah. or, or, you know, or maybe it's, it's too late at night now, or it's too early in the day or all these different things. So I was like, yeah, it's, it was an interesting thing I wanted to see. And I knew this is a shorter game that I could easily like kick out and do and play. It's not like I was committing to playing the Witcher three or something, uh, streaming the whole thing, my whole gameplay of that. <laughs> Uh, but still, it was fun to do. Had some fun. Uh, Fuchsia popped in a couple times. You popped in once. I had uh, some conversation with some random people who popped in. It was a lot of fun. It was still a fun thing to do. But Guacamelee 2, Drinkbox Studios is the developer of this one. Uh, Drinkbox is like Supergiant. They're one of my favorite indie game developers. Right. Uh, so they've made Guacamelee, Guacamelee 2, and then a game, the game in between was Severed, which originally uh, launched yeah, that's on where uh, I know the, the name Vita from. Yes. Like, and everything. And so now it's on the iOS Vita. and stuff, different <laughs> stuff like that. Fun game also. Fun I didn't game. enjoy it as much as Guacamelee, but still very fun game. Uh, but Guacamelee 2 actually picks up, and while I'm not going to... This one, this review is going to be slightly different, whereas there's not going to be like, here's the spoiler free stuff, here's spoilers, because it's also, it's a, you know, it's, it's a platforming game. Yeah, you kind of know from not, the beginning what you're going to get. You're not playing it necessarily for the story. You're exactly. playing it for the uh, for supposedly the platforming excellent and the action platforming. And everything. And the story is just a thing to kind of help move from one point to the other. Uh, so I'm not going to go into that. Basi- but basically, overall, what it is, it picks up from pretty much from the beginning of where Guacamole 1 left off. In fact, the very first level the prologue of the game is you fight the boss from guacamelee one again oh really yeah obviously it's like it's not meant to be hard it's not meant to be very to take you a long time and immediately just be like here you go fight a boss right off the bat it's very very easy to beat him and then it's actually like you get a trophy for beating him and it's like i thought that the title of the trophy is i thought this would be harder or this was (laughs) this felt harder last time or something like that when you beat him but anyway so you're again playing as juan aguate aguate i hope i'm saying that where is it yeah, Aguate. Aguate. Okay, Juan Aguate, Aguate, who is an agave farmer in Mexico. <laughs> and so uh, he would, in Guacamole 1, he was granted the power of the luchador through this uh, mystical mask that was bequeathed to him. And so he goes on, and in the first one, to fight Galaka, who is like the, the king of the undead, basically, um, and in the land of the dead. And so you, And in this one, though, you're going to fight another famed luchador, Salvador who is on a quest to uh, basically become all-powerful by finding the mystical, the like all-powerful guacamole recipe from an ancient god that will, awesome. bes- once he eats it, will bestow <laughs> upon him the power of all. Excellent. And everything. So it, it, it's this interesting thing where this one sets it up where you, so you're, that's you're going to be your main goal. And there are these three relics hidden throughout these temples that you're trying to beat Salvador to, to find, which will allow him to activate the portal to get to all this place. And so what this does is the interesting thing of this one, in Guacamelee 1, you had the land of the living and the land of the dead. 
And in this one, you have that as well. And you can switch in between them. I don't know if when you saw me playing... I wondered if that's what you were doing. Because yes. I noticed that every time you seemed to click whatever it was... R2. Yeah, parts of the map would change and like walls would disappear. And or platforms scheme, would disappear. Yeah. Color scheme would disappear. Yeah. yeah. It's because you're switching between the living and the, okay. of the land. Living... The land of the, oh my god, <laughs> land of the living and the dead is what you're switching between. And so the whole thing of this one is this one then introduces all these different timelines because all these different portals and like rifts, time and tears and time and space start happening once Salvador is, begins on his quest. And so you're jumping between all these different timelines. There's like the darkest timeline, the you know all those others, which is the one that you spend the most time in. So there's like the darkest timeline. Like you, you like everybody's dead, or like a lot of people have been dead. It's different from the timeline that you're normally in, so it gets kind of confusing and jumping around and all those different things. But it does allow for all these uh, fun interactions and comments and and dialogue options that you have with people. But so the main stuff of the game is there. It's still an action platformer. You're running around. You're you're beating up skeletons uh, and other mythical creatures like tiny chupacabras. Boys. Oh god, those are so hard. Those are those like came tiny, out of nowhere. Tiny boys. Flied, like heat-seeking <laughs> missiles right to you. It was it was oh, those were fun to learn how to beat. Um, unfortunately they had very low health, so it was like two punches and they'd be dead. But so yeah, there's a ton of enemies, more enemies than what were in Guacamelee One. Uh, this one also has the ability to be multiplayer. You can play it co-op. You can uh, have you can actually do four player. I was uh, because I saw that you pulled up the menu once when you were looking at your different costumes, and I saw four characters. Yeah, slots. you can play four. You can play with four pl- people at a time. Yeah, that sounds like a wild. Time. Oh, it would be so fun. Yeah, because so you can be Juan or you can be his um, this uh, other luchador or luchadora that you meet uh, th- in the you meet her in Guacamole One uh, Tostada. Tostada is best yes. girl. I played as her for a little bit. I changed costume to be Pinata Tostada. Pinata Tostada. It was great. I loved it. Uh, but switch back to Juan just for the consistency because of what I've been playing for the rest of the game as. But um, so you're going through this, and then you still have all this. So you go on. You set off on your quest to basically save the Mexiverse, as the game calls it, uh, to and free help defeat uh, Salvador. So that's a basic story overload here. Uh, but this, a lot of stuff stays similar from the game, from Guacamelee 1 to Guacamelee 2. The same great art style. It's very bright. It's very colorful. Definitely, obviously, has very strong influences, and it's based around like uh, Mexican uh, mythology and, and lore and all this other stuff. Uh, and so it, it has those bright, colorful feel. You know, like if you were to... like watching Coco or something, you know, like that just has the, everything's bright and colorful and wonderful, even in the different lands of the dead and land of the living. It's not like the land of the dead suddenly becomes gloomy and depressing oh, and dark. No, it's, it's very, very like bright. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, and it has this just different flair to it. It's just it, great. I love the art style of this game. Like I said, there are more enemies. The one big thing that I did love the best about this one, though, is that they really improved and really made your chicken form. <laughs> like, that's a whole other thing here. Like, you can become a chicken. Uh, because you are you learn and are granted abilities by this uh, mythical man, Wei Chivo, who is based on a... Uh, a creature of in Mexican mythology of Wei Chivo, which is basically like a half beast, half man kind of guy. And this in Wei Chivo in the game is half man, half goat. And so he'll like walk or he'll walk up to you as a goat, then transform into a man, like be sassy and sarcastic and give you some knowledge and give you new power up or ability. And then change back form into a goat. I mean, go. if you could be a goat, wouldn't you be? Mm, I don't know. I'd, I'm not as into goats as everybody I'd else. I'd live the know? goat life. Just get to do your own thing up on a mountaintop. 
eat anything you want. Goating it up. Goat at people. Yeah. Get them with your horns. That's, That's what, what they I do. They're, do. Kind of, they're kind of testy. The, the way Chibo is, he's kind, of, he's kind of temperamental. But anyway, so you'd find these statues and you can get new powers from him. But basically, he's the one. He gives you this ability once in the very first game you get this to become, a, you transform into a chicken and be able to use pollo power. Basically, as it's called, and and so, but basically, in the first game, if I remember correctly, it was pretty much you would could transform into the chicken. You'd get through smaller areas. I don't even remember if you could fight as the chicken. I'm, I'm leaning to say, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but like I'm, I'm wanting to say you couldn't fight as the chicken. It was basically just like as another. Maybe you had basic attacks. But it was pretty much you used it to get through different areas, different environments. It was just part of the puzzling and the platform. Exactly. But this one, they really flushed it out, gave you your own special moves like power-ups and and other things like that. Uh, Because now you could like wall jump as the chicken. You could hold down X and you would glide after you you jumped up. You had like a super jump, a power shot. And then you can continue to glide. Uh, it's called like Poyo Shot, where it was like boom, like and you'd do like this upward dive really quick or a downward dive, and you'd be able to bust through the enemy shields and all this. Or you could do this like Poyo Shot, I believe, which is where it was you just scootle on the ground really quick and like throw enemies up. Great. And so I really love Poyo Slide. Yes, Poyo Slide. Thank you. You said Poyo Shot and then also Poyo Shot. Oh, sorry. Like, so what? Poyo Shot is one up in the air <laughs> that you do in the air. Poyo Slide, yeah, is the one on the ground. And so it just added for all these different things. And this one, too, it would have several instances where you would have to be as Juan or Tostada if you were playing as Tostada. And, you know, you're jumping around doing your thing in human form, but then you'd have to instantly switch into chicken form to either take out some enemies. Because that's one of the things that it does for the combat in this game is at certain points, certain enemies, the normal enemies, you just come up, you punch them, you beat them up, you do your moves, whatever, you're done. Some enemies can have colored shields around them that you cannot do any damage to them until you perform the move that matches that color. So oh. you have like rooster uppercut for as Juan. You can't do these moves as the chicken. But as Juan, you have the rooster uppercut, which is red. You have a uh, power dash, which is blue. Frog slam, which is green. And then uh, KO headbutt, which is yellow. And so simmer, and then the Poyo shot for the chicken is purple and Poyo slide is orange. Okay. So if you ever came across enemies that had that color around them, you had to perform that move, the corresponding move on them before you could actually do any damage I to them. See. Now you could knock them off their feet, throw them up into the air, knock them onto the ground as much as you wanted it would, before you did the move, the corresponding move to them, but you could not damage them until you did that move. Okay, I got you. I, I, that is something I did not pick up on when I was watching you play. I oh, yeah? I, like, I just didn't notice that that was happening. So that's really interesting. That, that, that's a really interesting feature of the combat. I like that a lot. Because not only are you going to be juggling environmental things, like there would be, so the, the one thing that is a lot of fun about this game uh, is that there will be different, another thing that's very, I love this game and, and I love it, just going ahead and throwing that out there now, but like one of the things about it is there will be the environmental aspect of it, like your, you know, your typical jumps, your typical uh, chasms that you have to get across and figure out some ways to do it. And you'll also in the midst of this, you'll run across enemies there. You're like, you'll run down a hallway, there'll be a skeleton there, you can beat them up, move on, and you're done. Uh, but then there will be these specific rooms which you'll run into it, it'll seal the doors, the entrance and exit on both sides, and then it'll pop up and be like, Lucha! And then your enemies will spawn, and you have to like either fight a boss or like a different complex mix of different enemy styles. And then once you beat it, you get like a pinata appears, which you can punch to get health back and more gold. <laughs> so it, and so it, it really, and in some of those rooms, sometimes it's just room. Sometimes there's also an environmental puzzle that you have to keep in track of, because a new thing in this one also is it introduced Eagle Boost, which would be these eagles that would be 
like uh, eagle figurines that would be planted around, and you could jump up to it, wait until you saw an indicator arrow extending from the eagle statue in the direction, in any direction, and you would hit triangle, and it would grab on and like slingshot you. Oh, okay. Away, and so later on in the game, in one of the areas, there's one where you're fighting these all these enemies. There are three eagle boosts above you because, and then, but on one side there was like lava. Not a door. And the other side, it was sealed off and everything where you couldn't. So you had to like, but some of the enemies that were attacking you had unblockable, undodgeable attacks. So you'd have to be fighting, then use the eagle boost to like shoot from one side to the other to get around the, the attack of the guy that you couldn't actually block or else he'd send you flying into the lava. I got So you, it really just, and then also another layer onto this combat is sometimes enemies will be present in the li- land of the living and present in the land of the dead. So if they're, in a different land, there's the, they'll be grayed out. You can see them. They're just grayed oh, out. I wondered about that while you were fighting. I saw those like shadowy figures on mm-hmm. some of the fights, and I was right. like, why isn't he aiming for those? Because you can't hurt them I unless gotcha. you're in their land, the, the land of the living or the land of the dead, respectively. But they can hurt you. Oh, okay. So you, it does then, it, not only then are you trying to match your attacks and combos to be be able to defeat any shields that are out there. You're not only watching for any environmental things that you have to be aware of while fighting. You sometimes then have to be fighting in the different time space portals and be switching back and forth between land of the living and land of the dead really quickly to be able to fight and, and defeat all your enemies. So the combat system is incredibly well fleshed out. There's so much to do and there are these different places you can go to learn different combos because yeah, you can, you know, Run up to somebody, punch, 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 and then if you punch them a couple times, it'll pop up with the triangle symbol. When the triangle symbol pops up, that means you can grab them and perform a throw. But in this one, too... Oh, hold on. I'll get to that in a second. I feel like I'm jumping all over the place trying to keep this really nailed down. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But there's so much. The combat is... I mean, other than the, the platforming aspects of the environmental puzzles, the combat is like what makes this game. So I feel like I should be able to spend some time on here. But, um, but anyway, so... You can grab these guys and throw them. But then once you throw them, they're up in the air. You could do a rooster uppercut, you know, jump up there. But then you might have knocked some other guys down on the ground, so you can do a frog slam. You know, so you can perform all of the moves once when you're in the air. But then as, as soon as you hit the ground again, you can perform the moves again. Okay. And you have a stamina bar that shows how many times you can do ultimate moves was that your uh yellow dots yes. i wondered yeah. what that was yeah, i was like is that magic dots. what yeah. is that i actually thought it was like additions to your life bar and i was like wow he's dying a lot for having so many backup <laughs> life bars <laughs> yeah there were definitely some rooms that caused me a lot of trouble and i got stuck in for a while but um which was one of the funnier interactions with I, that i actually had with a with a a person who I did I, a, ran, a new viewer I didn't know who they were a rando they, How a, exciting. a rando it was exciting it was very exciting but um, I was playing in this one room and just getting destroyed because there was one of the enemies was a sp- the tiny dragon boys no it was, it was, <laughs> it was this like uh, witch doctor that would spawn new enemies but I and they move and like dodge really quick but the enemies they were spawning were these guys with who had blades who would do like a, a like dashing attack at you and so but they were spawning like. She would spawn these new enemies so quickly, and I just was getting overloaded, and I couldn't tell what was going on, but I couldn't get to her to kill her to end her spawning new ones so I could get away. And, like, I died so many times. Uh, you know, and then I'm finally, I, missed that one. I saw in the comments somebody popped, this guy, this person popped up, and they were just like, 
I got to ask, why are you trying to kill everything? I'm like, I'm not. I just can't find the person. I can't get to the, sh- the witch doctor to kill them to stop spawning everybody. Burn. But that also did put, pop me out of my face because I very, I will say I am very much of the, of the mindset of I got to kill all enemies. Okay. And so once that per- they said that, I was like, oh. You're right. I don't have to kill everybody. And then I got out of it. For God's sake, Jared. <laughs> I was just like, you know, what? I just said, thank you, Bagel Thief. I believe was your Bagel name. Thief. If you're listening, I'm like, thank you very much. I appreciate you getting me out of my own head and letting me get through this because oh or else I would have been here for forever. Um, but no. And so in this one also then threw in the extra added thing from Guacamelee 1, different from Guacamelee 1, is that there were now these trainers that you would meet across the map. These trainers would then have these perchable skills purchasable skills that you could have um like they either upgraded the your special abilities they either gave you where your hit meter wouldn't reset until you'd been hit three times uh you would get more gold after a certain amount of hit combo because you know you could get there were the more times you hit your hit meter would like build up and show how many hits you got and all that stuff and so you would start getting rewards based off of how high you could get your hit meter uh but then one of the Trainers basically introduced wrestling moves, which you could perform these moves after you grappled with triangle when the triangle thing showed up. And then you could do either like a super punch, a super kick, something else that wasn't one of your normal super moves. So it just really added in all these different things. And so the combat could get very complex because you'd be fighting a swan and needing to switch to the chicken mode, fight, switch back to Juan, do jump around, move all these different things. It was just made for an incredibly, just really great really great combat mode uh and i know it, lo- it pr- probably looked really frenetic because there could be some rooms that just had like tons of enemies in there and lots of stuff's happening you could also dodge that's the other big thing you're like main defensive capability is you can dodge so uh if you at enemy attacks you hit l2 you'll roll out of the way okay. you can roll through some obstacles like there'll be like these uh thorny vines that block a path you can roll through it with your dodge you know that and just so that's kind of you can get it you can even do it in the air to like dodge air projectiles and different things like that. So um, all these things built together just make for an incredibly complex, really, combat system. But like I said, that's what makes the game is just because of how much fun it is to do these different combos, to see them all, all your enemies like explode and obviously everything's like pinata-esque where everything like explodes and there's more bright, colorful things. You're there's hit, confetti. If you, get, once you're hit, if you get really high on your hit meter and it, and it expires, then like Oichivo or one of your trainers will like pop up and it'll be like, yeah! like all this other stuff it's great it's so funny it's so fun i mentioned this to you while i was watching you stream the more i saw of guacamelee 2 the more it reminds me of the old school 2d side scrolling uh, metroid games like this looked very much like a sort of different stylized take on for example samus returns for the 3ds so i will say that i feel like people who enjoyed that kind of game like the metroid style games this looks like a really good match for that type of gamer agreed it is very much a metroidvania uh platformer in fact i was even reading up on it and saw and i mentioned this to you while we were were talking about it that they do actually pull another form another uh inspiration straight from metroid other than the platforming style is that the statues that where you find way chivo they call them in-game chuzu statues 
which is a riff off of in Metroid, the Chozo or Kozo statues. I say Kozo. I will say Chozo. That's the second hill that I'll die on. <laughs> <laughs> the Battlefield fa- 5 hill. And no, wait, the Spider-Man, Spider-Man hill. hill. I'll die on my Spider-Man hill, and then I'll die again on my Ch- Chozo hill. It's the Kozo. The Kozo. I, bu- I must say Kozo sounds better Kozo than Chozo. Kozo sounds so much better. Chozo is a stupid word. So, But that was another thing that I loved about this game, too. And it made me really want to go back and play it in Guacamelee and replay Guacamelee 1 because I didn't remember this as much in Guacamelee 1 is how many references and like Easter eggs there are to things in Guacamelee 2. They're either in voice lines. Like what I picked up on just from so far was, and I'm probably missed some too, but there I saw Star Wars, like a character rep calls you Padawan slash there were these uh, posters for a luchador poster for Boba Fight. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. Uh, there was a poster for Garfield randomly Garfield the cat uh, obviously Metroid because of the Chuzu statues and then there was also I found like there would be these random just like art murals and wall paintings in the background and I won by a save point I saw it I stopped and I said that looks like Pikmin and so I sent a screenshot of it yeah, to Mogan and was like really is this nice. Pikmin it's definitely and she was like it's Pikmin. definitely Pikmin definitely and so Pikmin. there's all these little things for you to look around and to find and like cultural reference references meme references it's great I loved it all these little fun things they throw the in the humor to, seems to be really nice oh it's, it's very well too. it's like a very light hearted funny meant yeah. to be funny game oh yeah 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 I mean you're the main guy the, bad, the main bad guy his goal is to find a, a mystical bowl of guacamole like how <laughs> great it's pretty awesome it's so fun I just love the whole the full feel and the atmosphere of it is you know i mean it's the same way with like mario or something like that it's very fun and lighthearted. but this one this game seems to take that even to like the next level it's just like we're all here to have a great time you know what i mean it's we're so, just all here to be luchadors and fight and eat guacamole become chickens become unleash your chickens. pollo power i did love the parts where you were playing as the chicken right and i was very sad to learn that you cannot 100 percent the game as the chicken which yeah i kind of think that would be fun if there was a way to do it but i also like like i said about the combat i like how much you have to switch between juan and the chicken right that you don't have that you can't just like play as one and get through all these easy parts and be, go through the whole game not even use your chick your chicken abilities they really force that on you and this and the changing in between them all is excellent. also crucial question did you ever unlock the coveted chicken outfit oh i haven't got it yet <gasps> i'm assuming because it's another that's the, another thing that they added into this one is there are in Guacamelee 1, you could uncover these chests that would increase your health and increase your stamina. You would have to find like three of them to fill in the big pieces of a heart, and then that would grant you the, the bonus permanently to your health and your stamina. Um, but alongside this one, they had all those. Then they also had just normal like gold chests you could find to all these different things. But in each one of those, you couldn't just stumble upon them and do them. You'd have to solve some kind of environmental challenge puzzle to, to do and those got pretty complex Good. like honestly i had there were times i'd be doing them and then realize i'd been trying to get the same chest for 15 20 minutes and then be like oh wait this is not very fun content for people to be watching <laughs> again because i was streaming the whole thing and i'm like okay i gotta move on and so like eventually as it came on to the later parts of the game i still found quite a few uh and and upgraded my stuff i didn't find them all 
Um, but there's so much stuff. I was actually talking with Bagel Thief after he told me Bagel after they Thief. told me to to uh, you know to move on from that area. I, I was talking uh, and because they had already beat the game already, and they're like, "There's so much content to this game." And I said, "I know there really is. Like, if, I feel like there's just so much to do." And one of the trophies you can get is to 100 percent every area. Oh, so the okay. completionist in you is you know you can go out and do that. I this is one that I would like to eventually over time. I think try to get the platinum for. I'm not going to shoot for it immediately because one of them is that you have to replay the game on hard mode to get the trophy. Ooh, gotcha. And so, like, I don't want that right now. I just beat the game. Right. Wanna, you know, I want to move on to play some other things and stuff like that. Um, but there is just a lot you can do with it. Uh, let's see. What else do I got? I will say, I've talked a lot about the, uh, I've talked a lot about the, the combat and all that stuff, but this really, in terms of controls and all the things you're having to do, I want to say it's the most complex platformer I've ever played. That's th- like this is definitely making me really want to play it. You, you I need mean, to play it looks it. like such a fun game. I think I probably will buy it now. Because I mean, it looks awesome. Nineteen dollars, twenty dollars. I pre-ordered it and with my PS Plus discount, got it for like fifteen dollars. So I mean, and then Guacamelee One is probably ten to fifteen dollars at this point. I probably will try to wait it out though for a sale. I bet yeah. that that's probably the t- the type of game that's likely to go on PS Plus sale, oh, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, they will. I'll probably wait it out a little bit, but when I do eventually see it, I I want to snatch it up. Oh yeah, because I I really do. Th- it it legitimately is. There are so many things. <sighs> Just between obviously your X circles. Uh, triangle and square buttons, you know, doing your com- your different combat moves. You know, like the the pollo shot for the chicken one, you have to hit the up and you have to tie in two directional keys. You have to do it at an angle, basically, like the up and right at the same time. Which I actually played this on the D pad, not the sticks. Good. Right. That's much more fighting game, and based on the amount of combos that you've told me are available in this game, this reminds me of like platforming Tekken. Oh yeah, and so it's it really is. There, it's just you're using. What feels like every button all the time, (laughs) especially with like the rolling for your dodge, the switching in between the land of the living and the land of the dead. It's just there's just so much action going on. It just really requires you have to be on your toes and which makes it feel very, uh, you know, you're just very engaged the whole time. I do wonder if this kind of game feels really different on PC because it's also available on computer, isn't it? It is. And now here's the thing I'll say. I beat Guacamelee 1 on the computer. Oh. Okay, so I wonder, like, did you find that it was really different playing with, like, a keyboard setup, for example, versus the controller? I honestly, I think overall I enjoy the controller more, but I did sometimes feel like the the rolling, the, using the triggers felt odd. Okay. For some reason. I don't really, I can't even really put a reason why. Well, it's because you're so used to shooting, Jared. You've got to branch out, bro. Well, no, because I would use the trigger, you know, L2 is your roll, R2 is your switch to uh, land of living, land of dead. Right. And for some reason, I don't know, just those buttons felt odd for some reason. Like, maybe I would have, and I could have remapped it. I I was about to say, was there an option to remap the buttons? Maybe there was a different control scheme I could look at, but maybe if they had been on, like, the bumpers instead, L1, R1. I gotcha. I don't know why. Just for some reason, that, that button, those felt odd sometimes. Huh. I don't really know why. Well, that sounds like a you problem, buddy. It, it, it probably is. It <laughs> honestly is. Yeah. And so, and, and even like, like I said, uh, this is the thing that I really enjoy this game, even though, like I've said before, puzzle games sometimes aren't really my thing. I do love pl- a good platformer, but sometimes like environmental puzzle things can get very difficult. But this one, I feel like it's easy to figure out the solution but not necessarily easy to put it, the solution into practice. So the execution is what's getting you. Well, because like there would be sometimes you're having to, like one of the later uh, environmental puzzles I found out about was this, 
there were these basically just like zigzag spikes that you had to get through somehow. But you could get through them only by doing your power moves. Now, remember I said your power moves you can only do once in the air. Right. But, they, but there are these refresher things that you could hit, these like yellow, glowing yellow balls that basically you would hit that and that would refresh your super moves. So you had to do this move getting around these zigzag spikes in the air without touching the ground because obviously you would die by doing your combo moves only. super complex and then you land you find like oh great that's part one and then there will be another you have to like go up and you have to use the eagle boosts but there will be spikes on the walls that you so you can't hit the eagle boost but you but the some but you can tell that if you switch between land living and land of the dead it'll create a solid wall that'll block the spikes so you can jump to the wall but then you have to but then when you switch Land of Living, Land of Dead, the Eagle Boost wouldn't be an option anymore. So you could be on the wall and be like gripping the wall to jump off the wall, but you have to jump off the wall, switch, Eagle Boost, switch back, land on the wall. Like, and be doing like a, some random combo like that to get up this place. So it just so much to think about so you can be like okay i know what i need to do but can, can I, I do it <laughs> that was really the big question <laughs> throughout the whole it's game it's like it's not a lack of knowledge sir it's a lack of skill <laughs> yeah um let's see what else do i got here tons of additional stuff love oh yeah and just overall i'd say it was more difficult than original guacamole good which, i feel like in a sequel that I mean, I feel like that's the natural progression. Like, I, which is nice because you run into the game. You play, I've played Guacamelee. I remember how Guacamelee felt and how it played. I roll over that into Guacamelee 2, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got my combat. I like, your super moves carried over from the uppercut, frog slam, headbutt, and dash. Those were from Guacamelee 1. So you're like, okay, I remember how to use those. I remember how to pair those up. But they threw in just enough stuff where you're like, well, <laughs> what am I going to do here? <laughs> so the one, like couple things that were kind of knocks that I would say not like killed my joy at all about the game. Just the one, the couple things I didn't like the chicken moves sometimes did feel very difficult to use. Like sometimes I ran into this and it could be too. Also from I was running into it with just, I was getting platformer fatigue. Like I've been playing too long and then all of a sudden like nothing was wanting to work. But sometimes I felt like getting the Poyo shot and like in the direction I wanted, like I sometimes like I would hit, I felt like, like I'm not saying the game was doing this to me. I, saying it's probably it's definitely me but i feel like i was hitting the one to go like an up and to the right for the pollo shot but it would send me down and to the right and then i die and i'm like why why did that just happen <laughs> and so sometimes i felt like the, and then especially too in the like there would be these training rooms you can go to to learn new combos and to master new combos you'd find this guy Flameface, who was actually a boss from guacamelee one oh, but okay. now he's teaching you uh you would do um you, he would like teach you all these combos. I could easily always do the ones as one. Maybe mess up a couple times. But the chicken ones, like that was one of the spots. Like I was doing chicken ones and I had to leave. I was like, okay, this is taking too much time. I cannot get the simple thing. And like, again, I was having the move down, but for how it was like render, reading back in the game and everything, I was like, this is not working. I don't understand what's going on. Maybe you just don't have the power of the Poyo. In Maybe you. not. Maybe not. I have not been blessed by the power <laughs> of the Poyo. Uh, and then the other thing is the length in between bosses sometimes felt just almost too long. Oh, really? You felt like there weren't enough bosses or not, not there frequently weren't enough. enough. I th- felt like they were not frequently enough. Like they were, you would get into the new area and be like going through these new things. And I'd be like, I've got to be almost there. And I pull up the map and I'm still so far away from where I need to be. I'm like, and in this game, like you'll be sometimes be going up and then you'll go to the right for a really long time on the map, but then you'll go, you'll fall down and then have to go back up some other way. So the map is not, is not linear in any means. It's all over the place. Yeah. And so it just, 
sometimes I would get to all these different things, like find all these different rooms. I'm like, okay, I'm, like I'm, I'm not there yet. Like I don't know. Not a big thing again, and it was real. And it, I would have that feeling for just a little bit, and then you know, a few minutes later, I'd hit the boss. Right. It just was basically just like okay, that I feel like that sequence could have been just a little shorter. I, maybe I didn't need all those rooms, all those environmental puzzles that I had to do. But I mean, I, at the end of the day, like I'm not like mm, bad on you, Guacamelee. How dare like, you I give still, me more content exactly, to play through? Exactly. <laughs> this one had a lot of, and I think that's honestly what was the difference is I was used to how quick, kind of quickly I played through Guacamelee and this one just expanded so much on it. Right. I think I would just in my head had a different anticipation of what, what to expect. Right. Um, but like I said, still, uh, not a not a game breaker, a deal breaker by any means. Uh, the one final note is the soundtrack is just as good as the one from the last awesome. one. The first, which is obviously spoiler alert. That's going to be our soundtrack spo- spotlight. Is going to be uh, music from Guacamole too. Same composers: Peter Chapman, Ron DePrisco, and Michelle Frey uh, returned to do the music for this game. It still has that very uh, like techno mariachi sound that's what <laughs> i that's how i'm describing it. genre of music <laughs> it definitely has moments of it that feel very 8-bit 16-bit kind of style music what you would expect from an older platformer game but it still just has a more fleshed out sound more modern more developed i love it it's great it's great it something great gym. to have yeah i should i yeah, should i was should. actually listening to it while I, while I was getting set up and everything set up for this recording because it just really is it's just a great soundtrack to have on uh, as either background music for studying and listening because it's just got enough beat to like keep just like keep you interested keep you keep you dancing you keep know you it's great it's great I think everybody should listen to it but overall love Guacamelee 2 I think if you are a fan of platformers especially uh, looking for a more complex adventure than what your your normal platformer fare I think Guacamelee 2 is an excellent choice for you I would rate this game 90 out of 100 wow very nice it's so great. fans of Metroid Ori in the Blind Forest, Celeste, etc. All of them should play in terms Rock of melee com- too. Yeah, in terms of complexity uh, of controls and stuff, I would say Ori in the Blind Forest probably matches closest to what gotcha. I've played of platformers. Um, so I would definitely say fans of that game and different things like that. Really, I really think people should go back and play Guacamelee One. It's a great game too. It came out in 2014. It's not that old. Like, uh, it's so play that one. Play Severed. Play Guacamelee Two. All the games by Drinkbox are fantastic. Yay, games. Drinkbox! Woo-hoo! <laughs> I will say though, now now that I've beat this one, I'm ready to get back into a big like open world game. I've played a lot of platformers lately because I well, beat you know. I beat uh, Tropical Freeze, Donkey Kong Country Tropical that's Freeze. Right. Recently. Oh yeah, that's a I've platformer. Played, uh, Overcooked Two is platformer esque. Not really, but like. And then Guacamelee too. So like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get back. You're but on a nice indie roll. I am. It's well, Donkey Kong's not an indie, but it's not an indie. But I mean, Overcooked two, Hellblade, and then Guacamelee yeah, too. That's so right. like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm ready for I'm ready for now. I will say now that I beat all these, I'm ready for that Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> and it's coming out pretty soon. Pretty soon, I have like two weeks left. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Oh my god, there's just we we have a burden of choice here. Oh, absolutely, we do. Um, so really quick, let me see. I, I had my my. Uh, music i had it right here do you want me to stall while you're doing that i'm stalling everybody i don't know how i'm what i'm going to talk about uh you know i sure do like kittens they're so fluffy and great i love talking about (laughs) i'm really bad at stalling (laughs) (laughs) all right so the soundtrack spotlight for the day like i said we are going to be featuring music from guacamole too again also you guys can't see it but the cover art for the soundtrack is just excellent a singing chicken <laughs> it's just a singing chicken <laughs> oh that was the one thing that i loved whenever you would finish the um you would find like a full health heart or a or a stamina skull 
it would complete, and then all these like chickens with halos of them would like pop into the screen and be oh, like, "That's like, really funny!" With, like horns and everything. Celebrate. I love chickens. Every time it happened, I'd say, "Rejoice, my chicken brethren!" <laughs> but anyway, awesome. so featuring music from Guacamole Two again. The composers are Peter Chapman, Ron DePrisco, and Michelle Frey. The song I will be using from the soundtrack is Badlands, which is the land of the living version because in this game they have different soundtracks based on if you're playing it through land of the living or land of the dead. So this is the land of the living version of badlands. So check that out after the close, but until next time, this has been an episode of team chat podcast. I hope everyone will give guacamole Two a chance. It's a great game. Look forward to hearing your thoughts, feelings, and opinions on it as well. And yours, too, whenever you finally get around I, to playing it. I am it. very interested to banty around our opinions of it. I'm sure they'll be very similar. I want to play some couch co-op on it sometime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd Wait, did you get it for PS4? Mm-hmm. Okay, sweet. Awesome. Yep. yep Good to know. So anyway, check out that game if you so please. But until next time, everybody, I've been one of your hosts, Jared Wilson. Joined by Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next time. Stick around for the song. Mm-hmm.